Shut up, I love it. Shut up, I love it. I'm Joe Cabello, and I am here with the stupendous, immutable, wonderful, intelligent Sasha Feiler. And this is Shut Up, I Love It, a podcast when we invite a special guest to tell us things that they love about something they love. Wow. But no one else does. <laughs> or I don't know. I don't know how the rest of the world feels about it. We'll find out. Joe, who is joining us today in the studio? Hi, we've got a comedy writer, stand-up comedian, and professional Kathy impersonator living in Los Angeles, Susan Sassy. What's going on? Hey, I'm doing good. Isn't it an exciting world that we can all be in different places, but together at the same time? It is this beautiful. Is it is beautiful. Zoom has given us so um, much by not allowing us to, like, drive too much because the driving is just so stressful it's just it's just oh my gosh yeah when you're in la no driving no parking it's great yeah you're driving a deer is in the middle of the road and you have to swerve out of the road and you know that's always leads to disaster always yo i pay i i basically like a week ago i filled up my car and it was 106 dollars whoa and it's american American dollars, uh, car is not American, car is Japanese. But what was interesting about it is that the car is a hybrid. So Oh, really? Yeah. So it's a, it's a SUV, but it's a hybrid SUV that never costs as much. I mean, more than wow. twice more expensive than ever. Are we here to defend these ga- gas prices? What are we, what no. are we doing? <laughs> I don't know why you brought it up. I don't know. What I got we overwhelmed. We're talking about things. We're talking about driving. We're talking about Zoom. I start bringing things up that don't mean anything. But cars will play an important part in this discussion. Susan, what are we here to talk about? <laughs> well, we're here to talk about the film Hereditary. <laughs> legendary film yeah it's i guess it's legendary it's it it won awards right but like awards in my heart i'm just (laughs) yeah i glued together some things i think it won awards i honestly i don't know that much about like the awards and the news about it but i do know. know that when you guys reached out to do this podcast i just watched it and this movie has been haunting my life ever since I don't like horror films, so I actually, <gasps> I didn't watch it. I, I didn't watch it at first, and I was on a hike with my friend, and he told me the whole plot. And what? <laughs> it's so crazy. The movie is so crazy that he told me the entire plot, and then a month later when I watched it, it didn't ruin it. I was like, he was lying. It can't be that crazy. And it was. The sickness and the disturbance of it just, like, sits with you and haunts you, and I feel like that's art. Art, like, mm, when you yeah. watch something that's real art, you can't let it go. Absolutely. I agree. That's that's a sign of a <laughs> solid movie. Yeah. That um, you don't just... Because there are movies like that that you watch and be like, oh, I'm on a good ride. And then you leave yeah. the movie theater and you're like, don't care. We'll never see it again. Like, yeah. it was fun and I don't care. Yeah, it was fun. It made sense. But sometimes they don't have to make sense. But, like, when they leave you disturbed and you can't stop thinking about it, that's... That's insane. But yeah, a lot of people don't like the film, but I was I'm a I'm a fan, I have to say, in a weird sort of disturbing way. 
Well, I love to hear that you're not a, you're like not a horror fan yet. Mm-hmm. You love this movie. I love to hear that. I know. Well, you know, it feels when it starts off, it feels like an indie film, and then like the last, the last, I want to say 10, 15 minutes of the movie, it like turns into this awful B horror film that makes zero sense. Disagree, but we can get into that. I think the movie makes perfect perfect sense. I don't think it's yeah, it's not incomprehensible, but I did have to go online to read online to understand what it was about. Well, like, I just do it to every movie. That's just that's me. a that's a feature, not a bug. I do think this movie is uh, enhanced even on a second viewing, knowing what happens. I do think it's like an even better watch. Because uh, watching it the second time, this is my for this podcast, Same watching for it me. Uh, then, I was like, oh, knowing what happens, being able to look at all the clues leading up to it and what yeah. the movie's saying, I was like, oh, that is very fun. So I would also say if, if audience members, if you are worried spoiling it will make you not want to see it, I don't think that's the case. So I, this movie, of course, is made by the director Ari Aster, Ari mm-hmm. Aster who is... Uh, one of the best directors, I'd say, out there right now, because he also directed Midsummer, one of the best movies of all time. Oh God, um, that I really loved Midsummer, and that was why they recommended this. They were like, "That wasn't as good as Hereditary," and they recommended ooh. it. Yeah, that's where that all came from. But yeah, I liked Midsummer a lot too. Another movie I've heard a lot of people say is terrible, but I'm like, it's great. Shit. Who I are these it. people you're hanging out yeah, with? Yeah, I don't, don't know. know these people. I don't, I don't know. know. I just, I don't know. I don't get people sometimes. I think it's great. So, so Joe, you have seen this movie twice. I have seen this movie twice on the watch and the rewatch. And oh. it sounds like, um, Susan, you've seen it once, but only recently. So you're still being haunted by it. We've all been haunted by it. <laughs> I can't stop watching the mom saw her own head off. I can't. It's yeah. just the look it's on brutal. her face almost looks like she's trying not to, but can't help it. So there is a scene of uh, grandmother, right? Um, at the end, towards the end, that's what you're referring to. Where she's doing what, Susan? Tell us. It's oh, the well, mother. It's the mother. Oh, so it's, the it's, mother. it's Tony Collette. Mm. Yeah, to give a quick overview. So the grandmother dies, and Tony Collette brings her family to the funeral. And we get the backstory that she was not close with her grandmother. Her brother, I guess, she she thinks she drove her brother to, to kill himself, drove himself crazy. And she, she didn't want her son have anything to do with her, her grandmother, even though grandmother begged. And so she let her daughter hang out with the grandmother a little bit. So the daughter had a, was the only one in the family that had a relationship with the grandmother. It all starts when the little girl, like the mom forces the girl to go with the son to his party or to his event, but she didn't know it was a party or whatever. She just wanted him to hang out with the daughter and um, at the daughter, she's... um. She has peanut allergies and she goes into anaphylactic shock and the brother drives her to the hospital and on the way she can't breathe so she rolls down the window to get air and then he swerves to miss something and she there's a pole there and it decapitates her and very creepy moment because her body is just like bloody and hanging out the window. Let's let people know the real situation is that the grandmother had been trying to inhabit a demon into somebody that way she could raise the demon lord but here's the thing the demon lord wanted a man's body not a female body that's why they had to kill the daughter the demon was in the daughter the the little girl and they killed it and put it into her son (laughs) 
one thing I didn't realize until the second viewing was like the uh, sim- the demon symbol. Like it's on the f- the telephone mm-hmm. pole. Every time something bad happens, it is there somewhere. Yeah, and that's right. Like making it all happen. Yeah, yeah. There's no free will in this movie for them is kind of the argument it's making. It's interesting about this movie is that sort of the theme that is set up is that um, it's like there's mental illness in the family. Mm-hmm. And Tony Collette is afraid of, and she had those episodes of mental illness before. Mm-hmm. And the question is, like, is she going to get back into that bad place or not? So it, this kind of is being revealed, sort of the hereditary curse of mental illness. But then we'll find out there's a lot more to that. Because, of course, there's like a whole cult organized around bringing this demon back. And it has to specifically with this family that the grandmother was the matriarch of this cult. Yeah, and I remember, I think the daughter thinks she inherited her grandmother's powers at one point and thinks she can stop it all. What do you mean inherited her powers? Um, So when the other woman told her about how to call forth the child, she she started to go upstairs to look through the grandmother's things and found out her mom was a witch and all her plans and she's like I can stop it and she's like she grabs the book and she's trying to use the book to stop it and then she thinks like oh if we burn the book we'll win you know like she was kind of she's like she was telling her husband right. I can stop it I can stop it the answer's in this book I can do the, I'm the only one who could do this I'm her daughter I have the powers you know oh, I, I can't it. remember yeah, her yes. doing that fair enough so yeah. Joe what are you what are you loving in this rewatch personally well, I w- one I- thing I do want to note is how it feels, I could be wrong about this, but Ari Aster specifically seems to have ushered in kind of the elevated horror discussion, like at least nice. in a fever pitch. Like, I think it was kind of there with like Babadook, which came out mm. a couple years before that, um, but where that became a term and you started to see people who didn't like horror usually, like schlocky horror, which I love be like oh no this is just a really good symbolic movie that mm-hmm. is also interesting well, jordan and just has peele metaphors. Too, right? yeah i would say actually jordan peele is more on the schlock side than elevated mm. and that and that's not an insult i actually him. don't know what you say what you mean when you say schlocky just kills fun all mm. that like obviously has uh, social messages to it but yeah um, I think it's a little bit more leaning towards that than like Ari mm. Aster's work. Okay. Not fully schlock. I'd say Get uh, Out 2017 has maybe some schlock, but it's got some elevated vibes for sure. Yeah. But but it's arguable, I guess. Yeah, that term is shitty anyway. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, what do you mean elevated? But it's worth mentioning that this these movies, mm-hmm. Ari Aster and especially this one, Absolutely. are kind of what is what has brought a lot of fans into horror because it's been elevated and also has divided horror fans into elevated or people who like boobies and stabbing. (laughs) Although, you know, if you look at Rosemary's Baby, I mean, that's an elevated horror film. Yeah, I mean, they existed, Mm -hmm. right? Like, if we categorize them. But as far as the discussion and, like, the term, I feel like it was around that, like, 2015 and on was kind of when people were saying it. Is that when Babadook came out, 2015? Um, I forget when Babadook came out, yeah. out, but I think it's kind of considered one of those. Um, 2014, incredible. Yeah. Got it. I've, I know a couple things, okay? Even though I got it wrong. <laughs> oh, you're Babadook. Uh, I got, 
but watching it this the first time I watched it, a friend showed it to me. I think when I was really starting to get back into horror, uh-huh. like in a big way. And, um, you know, I was just amazed watching it, not catching so much that watching it the second time, just seeing that how the idea of something hereditary being inevitable with the way this whole situation oh. is inevitable really matches up wow. well. I love it how even- deep you guys are getting. That's our style. <laughs> it's hereditary. It's elevated horror, baby. Mm-hmm. Please peel back the layers for me. I need it. All I can do is all I see is like the people murdering themselves. But <laughs> but even that's what makes it good. If that's yeah. those that part of it wasn't good, it would just be whatever. But it's yeah. like brutal sawing off their head. Yeah, like you obviously connect on some level, or you wouldn't care that she was sawing off her head. Correct. Yeah. yeah, the sewing of the sh- <laughs> head never bothered me or like even stayed with me as much as wow. other people. To me, uh, for some reason, it, although, you know, the whole set piece towards the end of his transition sort of into like the the yeah. the, the center of this cult is, is huge. But what I was really always into is how everything just seems kind of under control until this horrific event of the sister being decapitated and it, mm-hmm. the fault is his and suddenly like from like just like a horny like a teenager he turns into like this tragic character and how like a anybody's life can be changed like that from like a horrific event because he was just literally driving she stuck her head out and that's it like she got decapitated quite possible for anybody to happen right and like yeah. it happened to him and it's the scariest shit ever and how everything just changed. It's not even midpoint. Like it happens earlier than that. Um, and, and, and it's like, we're like, oh shit, this is like one of the crazy set pieces and it's only going to get more insane going mm-hmm. forward. And yeah. he's a great actor, that boy, the dude. Yeah. From the uh, Naked Brothers band. I think. Oh yeah. My alternate pitch title for this movie is Guess what, kids? Grandma's a bitch. Uh, <laughs> I she can't, is. I can't she get is. over the grandma killed her whole family. It just You think of family, you think of they're carrying on your legacy. It just seems like, why wouldn't she kill someone else's family? Why did it have to be her? That's hurt? how horrors work, Susan. People yeah, I know. Fucking crazy it, in <laughs> People <now>. are crazy. <laughs> in the, yeah. the movie, the, what they give us as far as, like, why makes it even more cheap and disgusting. Mm-hmm. Like, the the literature that she reads, it says, the person who raises Paimon will get riches. So this lady was doing it just to get rich with her friends. But like, she's dead, so she doesn't get... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and her dead body is rotten in yeah, the attic. Yeah, that's crazy, yeah. Another great set piece. You think her friends just wanted the riches and were like, yeah, do it, well... The riches is just part of like any cult, right? They also want to have the power of being able to manipulate reality. Mm -hmm. The actress from The Handmaid's Tale, who plays Aunt Lydia. Oh yes, I believe she's also in The Leftovers, who and playing a creepy cult like character. So she really has that. She has that nailed. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) If you see her come around, leave. Yeah. You know, they say they say horror is morality plays. Would you agree with that? People have told me that I'm not enough into horror to know if that's true. Would you say there's a moral behind hereditary? I'm just here for the scares. Yeah, I think you could probably pick out little moral things, but it's not the main crux Mm -hmm. of the movie. 
yeah. I think it really is more the title is like so apt without being obnoxious like yeah. in the case of men Alex Garland's men <laughs> <laughs> where the title is very apt but a little bit like alright we get it but this one I, I think it, it really works in being this is about hereditary damage and uh, not even just damage but inevitability yeah yeah, she may have escaped her mental illness, Tony Collect's uh, character, yeah. but uh, you can't escape like the curse that like mm-hmm. is upon the family. In this case, um, so maybe the the moral of the story is never come back to your family. Just run away, and never come back. Even yeah, if they you're die. safe. You will be safe. <laughs> you will be guaranteed. Safe. <laughs> So what do we think like, the people don't like it because it's too bloody or like or, or like too horrific or I think some people really need things to be so based in reality like 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 they have to know why everybody does everything there has to be a real reason they can understand or they won't go along with it which I think is silly and I I think that is damaging to art because you should be able to create your own reason you know you should be able to fill in the blanks that's the fun of art like they give you clues and you paint the rest of the picture and go along with it and i think there's a a lot of my screenwriting friends are it's weird they're screenwriters too but it's just like they need a why for everything and they need an answer not just like an ambiguous and I, I don't know what that is or why that is, but... Well, I feel like media literacy, I don't know if it was always dying. Like, we're just, you know, humanity's in a perpetual state of thinking okay. that media literacy is, is dying and decaying. But I do feel like that is true now, at the very least, if it hasn't always been, where people do just... I love a movie where afterwards I'm like, I need to go look that up and read about it. I, that's a sign of a good movie that you're not so sure and you need to talk with someone about it and be like, Hey, do you think the brother character was like this? That's good. But a lot of people, they don't want that from watching movies. And who are we to say that they should have to, or maybe it's so horrific. They need to disconnect from it and not make it make sense because it's too much. And on a subconscious level, they're putting up a wall to, you know, desensitize themselves to protect them. Because as humans, we do that. We desensitize ourselves to protect ourselves. And um, maybe on a subconscious level, they do that too. There were some things I didn't get that I had to read, but I wasn't massively lost. Well, it's probably like you understand it to a degree. You just don't have confirmation. You need to think more about it. You need to put... And, you know, people don't want to sit with the movie afterwards, but... Uh, that's why I love watching uh, Japanese films, especially in Japanese horror. They are so good at not holding your hand at all as kind of a general generality, mm-hmm. but still they really respect the audience's intelligence and they'll cut out scenes mm-hmm. or they just will never make scenes that in a uh, U.S. made studio movie, mm-hmm. they would have added scenes. Like, no, we need to explain that more. Oh, it's yeah. like, yeah. no, just get into it. I, I think it's also a good a little bit of a mystery, you know, it kind of builds, and it's not like, usually when there's a mystery, there's usually a logical answer, <laughs> and at mm-hmm. the end of this mystery, there's a supernatural one, so maybe that's also, you know, people set their expectations for logic, and then it's just, nope. 
<laughs> we're yeah, gonna get true. supernatural and no science based whatsoever yeah there was a demon popping into <laughs> different people this whole time it's like oh okay i yeah. never knew <laughs> yeah uh, one thing i want to shout out of the movie and especially if on the rewatch i more caught it and you know my radar should have been up the first time is the classroom scene that pretty much s- explains everything oh really a- as classroom scenes do go ahead explain it to me yeah explain it well they in the classroom scene and that's like the trope in movies right you have a classroom scene that says hey this story is just like what's oh. happening in the movie in this one they're talking about uh, free will the whole lesson is on free will and that idea and how things are inevitable. Oh, if we, if we don't have free will, it, the world is a horrifying place. And then sure enough, you know, we have dollhouse imagery. These people are not in control. You have, they literally aren't in control because that symbol is there every time something bad happens. So obviously something's controlling it. So anytime you look for, you see a school scene, watch out. Because that is telling you exactly what's going to happen. Then, do you think do you think that the director believes we don't have control or do you think um the movie was just exploring it hmm do you, what do you be- think sash i think it's just uh it's like with mental illness like which like the real version of it in the real world mm-hmm. i think it's um probably has to do both with sort of the uh, like the family trait that's in your DNA you can't control but also some triggers that are happening outside so I think and, and I think it is a twofold just like mental mental illness this is happening the same way here of there's a curse in the DNA of this family and then there's also the world where it's perfect for it to fucking just come true all the way and escalate yeah when you compare it to mental health it actually clicked with me because people are always when you're down they always say well just make yourself happy like you have control over it when it's really a chemical thing that's just dna based you know mm-hmm. so when you say that it makes sense because there are certain things i would agree that you know you learn to live with it you can't you know as best you can you develop tools yeah I think what's interesting too is that this movie with I mean like the challenge of this like let's say that even the screenplay is like how do I write a movie where everything is sort of predetermined especially after hearing Joe uh breaking down yeah um with but still like, keep but it like surprising surprising and like active enough protagonist you know mm-hmm. that it's not just reactive although a lot of it is just like really reacting to what's yeah. happening and it still works which is yeah. rare. That, that is horror though too is yeah my, horror breaks so many of the rules of just like a hero's journey type of story that you often get reactive protagonists or you know their what their action is causes immediate yeah. damage that they have to react to from the killer so mm-hmm. I think when my friend told me this story, he said the grandson was the protagonist. But I think Tony Charlotte, am I pronouncing her name right? The, the mother. Tony yes. Collette, the mother. I think she was the protagonist because I feel like she had, I feel like she, she was so active the whole entire time. Like, Yeah, then, I think so too. Yeah. 
there's like a sleeper protagonist is the boy like it's almost yeah like, he's more oh. like a sleeper yeah because yeah. he's more reactionary once his everything spirals but i feel like she was the one who is actually driving everything she was the one that conjured up the daughter she was the one trying to fix it trying to burn the book everything she did kind of drove it forward even though it was predetermined she would do that. It was predetermined that she followed yeah. basically the yeah. <laughs> unknowingly. <laughs> the, yeah. yeah, it's like Oedipus when you're trying to mm -hmm. do the opposite, but you're actually doing exactly what they expect of you. Yeah, the the actual player of this chess yeah. figure figurines <laughs> is the grandmother who is deceased, yes. basically. Yeah. Damn, what a movie. Should we go to the ratings? Oh, I can't wait to find out what this is. I love ratings, so let's do it. This is how they work. We're going to rate Hereditary on a scale of 0 to 10 using something else as our scale of comparison. So that something else could be another elevated horror movie that you think is a 10. So what is that in uh, what is that in relation to this? And it could also be like a fat, hot turd as a 1. And this Perfect. is definitely not a fat hot turd, so Hereditary is no. a 10. It could be anything you want, and if that doesn't make sense, mm -hmm. me and Sasha will go first. Uh, I'm going to go with, just because I want to shout it out, another movie that takes some thinking about, Crimes of the Future. David Cronenberg's new movie. Might be the best no movie spoilers, I've ever please. seen. Please, no spoilers. Please. That's not a spoiler <laughs> that it might be the best movie I've ever seen. <laughs> is it the best Cronenberg movie you've seen? Ooh, well, that's tough, because once you say something's the best movie you've ever seen, it would obviously trump those other ones. But um, that's up for debate. But gotcha. it is an incredible movie that is dense. And just like this movie, Damn. I think you want to see it a bunch of times. It's surprising. It builds its world so well. That's a, that's a 10 severed heads out of 10. Damn. Wow. That's unbeatable. It could be even 11 severed heads out of 10. Hereditary enjoyed it more the second time I watched it. Mm. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. It's hot. But it ain't Crimes of the Future just because <laughs> Crimes of the Future is so good. Wow. Sasha? I'm hearing people are reaching out telling me to go watch it. And I'm like, I know. I saw the trailer. It's a body horror. It's directly for me. I'm into it. I will do it. Um, I'm going to compare, I'm going to be boring. I'm going to compare this movie to Midsummer, which Crazy. is, yeah, it was just one of my favorite movies of all time. You know, it's like top five for sure. Midsummer, I'd say. So uh, Midsummer is a 10 and uh, I'd say Hereditary is an eight. <laughs> I'm just not going to explain. Some hot eights. Um, yeah, it's just some hot eights. It's, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, kind of does the thing without going into the depth of the world like midsummer does um but it but it it, it has its like it, it makes a statement and uh, it explores the theme of predetermination it for me it correlates with uh, you know predetermination or question whether it is predetermined mental illness in a family and um it, a lot of said pieces pieces are just so strong that they will stay with me forever so it's a very strong movie eight out of ten again doesn't have to be a movie that you compare it to susan it could be a rom-com actually you know if you do want it to be a movie it could be anything you want 
It could be waking I, up on a sunny yeah. morning and having a cup of uh, chocolate. You tell I mean, us. <laughs> the thing that I can compare it to, only can way it feels like to me, it's like when you're driving past a horrific accident and all the cars are slowing down <laughs> and you I know <laughs> slowing down is causing more traffic. It's the opposite of what you should do, but you can't help but look. Or like, I don't know, like maybe... I don't know. I'm trying to think. Or like, if you like ever been injured really bad, like you can't help but look at it. Don't look at it. It looks scary. You gotta look mm. at it. It's just, it feels like that. And on a scale of one to ten, in terms of that, I would say it's a ten. It makes you, you can't <laughs> not look. Great you can't scale. Not think about it. Afterwards. It's a fantastic scale because, yeah. it, right? It's uh it addresses the visual horror element yeah. of it, but it's like you're not hurt. Yes. Which yes. I assume is one or zero, right? To be horrifically hurt? Um, yeah, it's, well, yeah, but it's also, it, there's a bit of a psychological element to it. Like, you can't stop thinking about the mm. accident. You can't stop watching to figure out, like, what happened? What, what happened? I, I can't that. stop looking. Maybe I'll find the answer. You know, there's a little bit of yeah. that as well. There's the horrificness of the accident that you have, that for some reason you want to see, even though it's probably gross and yeah. disturbing. But then there's also, like, what happened like you want the answer that you just can't not stop thinking about i just if i may say like i i feel like you were such under spell of this movie it's very <laughs> fun to see because joe and i saw it you know back when it came out probably probably right i assume that's when yeah. you saw it joe like uh, I it was the after theater. it had been out but yeah i saw it in the theater um but um but well, which you, was, know. you know four years ago but like you were freshly susan under the influence and it's very refreshing to see that effect well you know i don't watch a lot of horror so that isn't my favorite about probably why it's it's turning on me but also i love absurdity mm -hmm. i love things that are aren't all fully explained mm -hmm. things that are mm -hmm. you have to think about and i think it's just in terms of absurdity even though it's not a comedy i would i mean it's not absurd in the fact that it's comedy. It's absurd in the fact that it's not reality. And how Does that make sense? Up. Yeah. And also how fucked up. Just absurdly like, fucked up. Yeah. Like nobody, like reality, a grandmother would not, wouldn't make sense for a grandmother to, to want to kill her whole family. Wouldn't make any sense. But you just kind of go along with it, you know? Because she just, she's just an evil grandma. That's just, you know. She's a witch. Yeah. Things that are different. Things that are... Things that are so, yeah, not reality. Are yeah. Just so up my alley. So I think that might be why I'm so under the spell of it. And the more you guys peel back the layers, the more I get even more excited. Uh, I feel we're like I'm known I've... for that. Jim. You got to watch it again. You got to watch it again, Susan. I think you'll love it. I know. Well, I'm glad you guys like the movie because there's so many people that didn't like it that I would try to talk to about it and they'd be like, that's a horrible movie. No, you, we you are know fans it, and here. I'll take it. I'll take that, but I will not take it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it is it is a little lazy to just throw it yeah. out at a movie that actually does make decent sense. <laughs> uh Susan, I, thank you so much I for just, coming up. Shut up, I love it. What is your deal? Do you have any socials people should check out or do you wanna share with the world anything? Yeah, sure. I mean, I've got some satire on my website, some funny comedy satire pieces. It isn't horror, but uh, it's uh, funny <laughs> and it's absurd. And it's on SusanSassy.com. 
Um, I think I might have some Kathy episodes up there too. So, oh. uh, and you can follow me on at Sassers underscore or Susan Sassy, <laughs> and that's Sassy with an I on Instagram. Fantastic name, by the way. Fantastic. Thank you. One of the strongest names ever. <laughs> um, Joe, what's going on with you? Oh, gosh, these days, why don't you just go to globalcomics.com and uh, search for Bottoms Up Hard Liquor, my horror comic. We have three issues up on there. Oh, and wow. the cool thing about Global Comics is you pay a monthly fee to read a bunch of comics on there, and your fee pays directly to the creators who you read. So if you are passionate about uh, your money going straight to creators... Global Comics is a really great place to support. Fantastic. I we own are a 60% <laughs> share. On the, I don't. Uh, thank you, Elizabeth Salute, for the artwork. Thank you, Mr. Owl, for this amazing track. Thanks thank for you. having me, guys. Yes, I thank appreciate you. it. Absolutely. Fun. And thank you for listening. <laughs>